from the Bible, if you would. Let's go to our message, and what I want to teach you today is hearing the voice of the Lord. All of you are able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God. Let me give you seven scriptures that would help identify that. Now, how many of you have ever watched TV where, or listened to the radio where someone's being criticized for hearing from God? Right? The world portrays that as, oh, you heard God, eh? Hmm? As something so odd and so weird. And many times Christians are gun-shy to say, yes, I hear from God. Because they think everybody's going to think we're crazy. But it, it, we, are, we were made to hear from God. And as you're born again, we are to hear the voice of the Lord. This is not something unusual. Though there are many churches today called cessationist churches. They believe that the gifts of God have ceased that's where they get the word cessation. And so they would say that you cannot hear the voice of God, but you can read the Word of God and get your directives. But that minimizes God so much. We believe you certainly can hear from God, just like you can hear from your mother or your father, you can hear from your Creator. Amen? And so hearing the voice of God. And let me share with you some scriptures that show an expectation to hear from God. Number one... Jesus said this in John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Wouldn't you say that's a bit of an expectation from Jesus? That we being his sheep should hear him and follow him. Now, someone would say, oh, well, he was just talking to the sheep that were gathered around him right then and there. Well, later on in a few verses, he says there, I have more sheep than these that are not of this sheepfold that I'm going to speak to. So he classifies all his believers as sheep. And so that goes on through the ages, not just the point of reference of those he was speaking to. So how many of you belong to Jesus and are sheep of his pasture? All right, so the expectation is you're his sheep. You should, number one, what? Listen. Listen to his voice and then follow him. Revelation 3.22 says this, as Jesus is speaking to the churches, he says, for those who have ears to hear, what the Spirit is what? Saying. So, is the Spirit speaking to the churches? Yes. This is after the resurrection. And so there is an expectation that the Holy Spirit should be speaking to the churches. Right? All right? And having that expectation, we need to have ears. What does this imply, therefore? You can be in a church and what? Not hear the voice of the Lord. He said that this is a message for those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Now, how do you get an ear to hear? How do you get an ear to hear the Holy Spirit? Well, you read seven books. You pray at the altar for 45 minutes. You do, now, simply being born again, you have now an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying. But you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of exercising the ear of the Spirit to begin to hear and to begin to listen. All of you have that potential that are born again. Those of you that are born of God's Spirit, you can hear God. Now, get an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying. But if you're continually focusing on you 
and you're continually focusing on things of this earth and your own comfort and this guy's talking too long, it's a little stuffy in here and I don't know if I like this or I like that. You're not going to have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying. And so there's an expectation to listen to the voice of God. John also, Jesus also says in John 8, He who is of God hears the words of God. Now, may I say this, the words of God are not only contained here in Scripture, but God is free to speak apart from Scripture as well. He'll never contradict it, but God can speak. Jesus speaks. How many of you know that? Let's go on. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So this expectation is that your life is being what? Led by God. Right? How many of you have GPS? Got a GPS in your car? A little Tom Tom, a little Garmin, a little something, right? Voice of Yoda. You can put Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice in there. They should have one for the voice of God. Right? What does the GPS do? It gives you direction. How does it do that? It speaks to you, right? So it leads you. So what is the expectation? If you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, what do you need to do? Listen. You need to be directed by the Holy Spirit. That's what needs to take place. And so that's an expectation. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. What's a testimony? It's a declaration, isn't it? The Spirit is speaking to you. You belong to God. How many of you have had times where you needed reassurance that you belong to God. God can speak to you in many and different sundry ways. And He speaks to us to remind us we're His. Right? I mean, we need that. How many times do you need your wife or your husband to say, I love you, or your mom or dad to say, we love you. You need a confirmation that you belong to someone. And so the Spirit of God will do that as well. 6, Isaiah 30, verse 21, in this prophecy speaking of the teacher that is coming, we know that this teacher, as 1 John tells us, is the Holy Spirit of God. He says, you have no need of a teacher for the anointing abides with you. He shall teach you. Jesus in John 14 also said that when the Spirit comes, He shall be your teacher. He will lead you into all truth. He will guide you. And so Isaiah 30, 21 says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. The Holy Spirit, this is a promise of God's guidance by His Holy Spirit to speak to us. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. We'll look into that a little further. But there is a refereeing, there is a ruling actively present in your hearts. How many of you have ever uh, used a level when you're trying to hang pictures or trying to do some work or anything, right? What's, it, what's in a level? What makes it work? There's a little bubble little bubble between two things that keeps things in what? Balance. The Holy Spirit is that voice of God that's going to keep you balanced. You're getting a little off here. Getting off. Let's keep balanced. It's going to rule and reign and referee how you should move in life. These are all, these seven verses, they're not 
all the verses, there's many more. But these seven would tell us there's an expectation that the people of God should hear the voice of the Spirit. And we'll get into what that means in a little bit. But I want you to have an expectation. It is the norm to hear from God. That is the normal Christian life. That is mere Christianity, as C.S. Lewis would call it. The Christianity that all of us should experience, no matter what your denomination is, though some denominations would exclude the ability to hear from God. And I'm telling you, it is the norm. So let's go on. Why should we listen for God? Galatians 5.25 says this, If we live by the Spirit, let, also keep, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What happens if you don't keep in step? You're out of time. You're lagging behind. He's going one way, you're going another way. Keeping in step is a present active tense. It means that at all times we want to know which way the Spirit of God is moving. Now, God wants you to be mature. I mean, you're not going to walk, you know, walk to the store and say, should I go to Myers or Walmart, Jesus? Which one should I go to? I mean, come on, use some, you know. He's caused you to be mature, walk in. Here's, here's your question. It, it should be more like this. You're going to go to Walmart or Myers based on your economy and what you need to buy and so forth. Just put it this way. Lord, lead me to someone in Walmart or Myers. Okay? Touch me, tap me when I need to speak or express something. But you don't even always need that. You should always be ready anyway. But keeping in step with the Spirit. God, where am I at? What's going on? What are you saying? What are you doing in my life? This is an activity that should be happening. Why? I'm telling you more and more, you're going to see this separation that's taking place. You heard it today about holiness. It is a separating that's going on in the church. You, you, you are going to be separated out from the world. Uh, you may not even want to, but the world's going to separate you out. Because as you start living a Christian life, a moral life, an ethical life based on the teachings of Jesus Christ being prompted by the Holy Spirit to do and act according to what is righteous and holy, the world will cause the separation. If you haven't separated yourself from the world, your witness is not valid enough, typically. What will happen is they'll start separating from you. You're a killjoy. Come on, how about one more toke, one more smoke, huh? This is good. Let's try this. Why don't you come with me here? But you'll say, no, I can't. The Lord would not have me. They'll separate you. Now, you can't go by what you see. And more and more, we have to realize, what do the righteous do? We walk by faith, not by sight. We need to hear the voice of the Spirit on our directives of what to do and what not to do. Because there's a lot of times things look right, but they're not. What you see is not necessarily what God wants you to do. Right? There are situations, you might have a situation where something's going on that you think, I need to lend a helping hand, and the voice of the Spirit would say, don't go near that thing, don't touch it. Right? Even things that would seem to be righteous. There are a lot of times we help people because that's our Christian heart, our gift of mercy. And you help someone who's really down and out. Right? Because that's what it looks like. They need help. You go to help them. And we're supposed to be good Samaritans. We help people. But there are times if you're actively listening to the voice of the Spirit, He says, let them alone. Don't help them yet. He hasn't hit bottom. You know that good Christians have caused people a longer recovery 
because we've enabled them for a longer period of time. And so we can't go by what we see. We must follow the voice of the Spirit. We can't go by what we feel. As you heard that prophecy this morning about feelings. Our feelings are conditioned to the culture and climate around us. How many of you know that the emotions of Americans are a little different than the emotions of Chinese and Russian and Africans and so forth? Did you know that? You're, you're tuned to the frequency of your culture, of your city. Americans are tuned a particular way, right? How many of you ever go down south? They're tuned a little different than Detroiters are. How many of you know that? People drive different than we do. We should all have Le Mans and, and drive uh, in the Daytona 500 driving around here. Have you ever noticed a different in an emotional sense in the pace of life and so forth? We can't judge God by our feelings and emotions. It's not by sight, but it's by His Spirit. Colossians 3.15 again says this, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let's break that down a little bit so that you're not emotionally based with God. Do we want to have emotions with God? Absolutely. Love, joy, peace, strength. These are the very fruit and nature of God. He gave us these emotions, but they're locked within our flesh and can be twisted and warped a little bit. So we need to let the Spirit of God rule in our hearts. First word that's important in Colossians 3.15 is the, the first word that says what? Let. What does that imply? He's not going to force his way. You make your decisions. Your will is your will. And so you have to let the peace of God rule and reign in your hearts. Now what is the peace of God? The peace of God is sitting with your legs crossed going home, home, till you empty your mind of all things and become one with the cosmic God. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is foolishness, and it's a trick of the enemy. It's this sense of trying to calm your own heart, calm your own mind. The peace of God is the order and rule of God. We've been so influenced by that concept of peace. We think it means that when we feel good and, and everything seems like it's good. That's nice. You know, you can be really deceived by that feeling and emotion. The peace of God is the order of God. It's God reigning and ruling in your life and having His authority and His declarations in your life. When you are out of balance with thus saith the Lord, you're not going to have peace. When there is chaos, there's trouble. God is a God of order. The peace of God is when your life is ordered by God, then there's a stability. And that is what is supposed to rule your heart. That word rule is the word we get referee from. So the Holy Spirit blows the whistle. Foul. Right? He may red card you. Go sit down for a while. That's soccer reference for any of you that don't know soccer. The peace of God, the authority of God's kingdom purposes should rule and reign in our hearts. It's not just a nice fluffy feeling of peace. It is the rights and wrongs that God has declared. That is to referee your hearts. When your heart starts going off, wandering, your emotions start wandering towards people, 
towards things that you should not be putting a greater emphasis in, the, the Holy Spirit's going to blow the whistle and say, the bubble is moving the wrong way. Let's get it back into balance. Last of all, we cannot just go by what we reason as well. 1 Corinthians 6 says this. I'm sorry, it's 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Their foolishness to them, he's not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. Reason is not enough for you to direct your lives in step with the Spirit. Have you ever had that experience? Reason would tell you to do this. I'm not saying to be foolish, but there is reason and those things that are spiritually discerned. Now to the world, they don't get that. So, so for me to preach this sermon to the world, they're going like, oh, like you hear from God? Ooh. It's foolishness to them because they don't even believe in a God. But we believe in God. It's spiritually discerned. Now, what I want you to understand in all of this is, number one, He tells us to hear His voice not by what we see, not by what we emotionally feel, and not by what we uh, may reason, but by spiritual discernment. God isn't based on your inner feng shui. How you feel. Do you know that many of us do not, many, of, many folks, many people uh, who are Christians, do not consider God outside of themselves, that He is separate from them. He sits on the throne transcendent above all creatures. Many people think God is just the feeling of their opinions, how it should go. Many people who are Christians have not addressed God. They don't speak to Him as someone apart from them. They think they think about them. They reason in their thoughts. What would God have me do? What would God? Do you know there's a lot of Christians who don't keep in step with the Spirit? They talk to God with their inward man to their inward man and make an inward man decision. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not addressing God apart from you. But they internalize everything. I think God wants me to do this and I think God wants me to do that because right now my life stinks and this would make it all better. What does God say about it? Well, I asked him and according to what I feel, I feel it'd be better because it feels better. Is that how God rules and reigns in our hearts according to how you feel and that your life feels better now? No. We must know the Lord God. That's why in worship we encourage you, speak. Don't just think about God. That's having God in your inward man and inward thoughts. But address God for who He is. Make declaration to Him. There are times when you're praying for His will. Speak it out. Because you can get lost in your own self. Anybody ever been there? And so address the Lord. Father God, help me. Jesus, I need your help. Speak to my heart. So... How are the various ways that God speaks to us? He does speak to us in our inner man, in that still small voice, yes. But there are many other ways, too, that God speaks. He speaks through dreams and visions. All right? He can speak through, through pictures and, and ideas and concepts and what you see and what you have, an experiential aspect to God. Now, there are many who don't want you to believe that there's experiential activities with God. 
But if God is God and he runs and rules this universe, I hope he invades it every now and then and invades your world too. We have the word of God, which is a sure word of prophecy. It dictates and tells us the rule and right. In fact, prophecy, visions, dreams, what you hear about God in your inner man should line up with this word. You need a witness. And if it doesn't bear witness in this word, then you need to examine it. And secondly, there's the weight of his presence. This is when you need to begin, and this is what I want to activate in you, is to begin learning when you're hearing the voice of God. To begin to discern when it's the Lord and when it's not. And to begin to develop that sense within you, this is the Lord. It will and can be developed. And I'm hoping that all of you are working in that process to begin to discern. Now, uh, uh, don't worry. God's got you covered. All right? You're learning His language. You're learning that when He speaks to you and how to respond to it. Many times we'll walk right by it. How many of you have heard from God and, and didn't do it? Does it make you uncomfortable if I raise my hand? I, practice it. Learn it. Grow in this. Hear from God. Act on it. And then be surprised that it came to pass. It's like, oh, I heard from God. Remember how that felt. Learn it. So God speaks to us in many ways. But there's also counterfeit voices, aren't there? There are spirits. In 1 John it says that there are counterfeit spirits. He says, test the spirits. So if you're going to test the spirits, that would mean there's false spirits. And we can have false ideas, false concepts that are coming to us that are not of the Lord. So we test them by what? The Word of God. The Word of God. And, of course, who Jesus of Nazareth is. If it denies that He existed before He came... That's a wrong spirit, an antichrist spirit. Last of all, counterfeit voices. I put man. Not only your own flesh can tell you wrong, you have to listen to the discern between your flesh and the Spirit of God, but also you need to learn between the culture and the world. Amen? And so we have to understand that as well. Dallas Willard says this, The Bible is not Jesus Christ who is the living word. The Bible was not born of a virgin, crucified, resurrected, and elevated to the right hand of the Father. Some have relegated that the only time God speaks is through this word. What about Jesus? Speaking to his sheep, speaking to his followers, Christ can speak to us. And so I want you to know that I like what uh, James Dobson says, and I agree with this 100%. Active listening to God. He says this, uh, James Dobson, I think he's got a great testimony of hearing the voice of God and moving in it, operating in it. He said this, I get down on my knees and say, Lord, I need to know what you want me to do. And I am listening. Please speak to me through my friends, books, magazines I pick up and read, and through circumstances. See, when you learn to hear the voice of God, feel the weight of His presence, or know it's Him, He'll speak to you through creation, through nature, through books, through any experience you have. Wherever you go, if you are listening to the voice of the Lord, He can speak to you in any situation, through any means. So let the peace of God listen to the Lord and have Him do that. What happens when you don't hear? We're supposed to live according to the written Word of God. And so if you're not hearing from the Lord, you still have 
the rule of the Lord's book to understand. What should I do? What shouldn't I do? This is why we need to have this in our hearts. So maybe there are times, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, you're just not seeming to hear from God. So what you do is you follow what the Word of God, the Logos, has already declared. All right? Secondly, you act on your last directive. What was the last thing God did tell you to do? Stay with it. Stay faithful. I haven't heard from Him since then. Then stay with it. The assignment's not done. Wait upon God and circumstances. We don't like to wait. But God would sometimes not speak until we get it, until we understand. And last of all, trust God's character, not your timetable. God is good. God is faithful. God is just. God is righteous. God is holy. God is loving. God is pure. Trust His character. And above all these things, listen for His voice. God is speaking to every one of you. He's spoken this morning through the prophetic. He's also spoken through worship. He's spoken through the Word of God that I shared with you. But as you heard today, He's speaking to each individual life. God is speaking to you today. Some of you are going to gather with other people today. Some of you are going to meet up with other people. Have your ears tuned to what the Lord would have you say to them and to discern your situation. How many of you want to be finer tuned and more aware of the voice of the Lord? Lift your hands. In fact, stand with me. All right. Then let us pray this prayer over you right now.